What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, episode 79. This is a Monday rundown, actually on a Monday. Um, we had Sean on the phone again. We've been out of the studio a little bit lately, or he has, uh, but that's all right. Still, He still sounds great, like a million bucks. Jumped right in. We talked about NCAA basketball at first, went over the Final Four, and we recapped the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight a little bit, gave out some predictions. After that, we talked about the NBA. The playoff picture is almost starting to settle in, and we talked a little Porzingis, but there's not enough details out there yet to really talk about it. Finally, we wrapped up with talking MLB. Uh, Yankees heavy, but we did go around the league a little bit and talked about some things that stuck out to us. Yankees have a lot of injury trouble, and right after the podcast, we found out a little bit more with Andahar possibly being out for the year, so that's a great one. But nonetheless, follow us at Sorry Sports on Twitter, Sorry underscore Sports on Instagram. Always check out the website, the greatest website in the world, sorrysports.com. Trying to get more content up there for you guys. If there is any articles you guys want to write, shoot us an email, sorrysports at yahoo.com. We'll review it, and if we like it, we'll throw it up. Um, and enjoy the pod. Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. We're here on a Monday rundown. It's April 1st. We're fresh off an awesome weekend of college basketball. The final four is set. I am out of my bracket, Tennessee. Screwed me. Tom, your cheaters are still alive. How you doing, man? What's going on, man? Uh, my eventual champion is out because I did have Duke winning, but did it with Michigan Not last year. Your cheaters are, are Oh, are, yeah. Did it with Michigan around, last year as a three seed. Did it with uh, Auburn this year as a five seed. You know, I if you want to come to me for guys that don't have as great odds that I just have a feeling for every year, I mean, I'm going to predict one that's going to go to the Final Four, you know? Well, of course. And in my second year of uh, doing this on this podcast, uh, I have not been very good. I'll, I should just stick to football picks. but Yeah, I'd I think like I'm better take... at this. Oh, for sure. I'd like to take a quick second to apologize. This is a very emotional time for me. I have to apologize to the Michigan State Izzos and uh, Spartanville all over the place because, listen, man, they're 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 in the Final Four and they just knocked off Duke, which didn't seem possible before this tournament started. And uh, everybody listening knows that I am not an Izzo guy. Uh, think he's very overrated. But he just took a team that, yes, they were a two-seed, but this was not his most dominant team. Escaped the first-round game that they easily could have lost. And here they are. They dethroned the number one overall seed, and they're in the Final Four. So not easy for me to admit my mistakes, and they probably did this just to spite me. But I was wrong, absolutely wrong. That was was an adult move. Good job. Hey, listen, man, I can make my – I can def- definitely make my mistakes and, and own them. That Michigan State, man, they deserve that win. The, the you know, you could see the youth of Duke really, really hurt them yesterday. Um, they're just not prepared to win some of those games because they haven't been there and done that, whereas some of these veterans in Mich- on Michigan State, you know, they're used to being in those situations, and there's 
something to be said for that. So what did you take away from that game? I, I'm done apologizing. I said my piece. What did you take away from that game? Because, man, I tell you what, R.J. Barrett, I think he's still a very good prospect, but he clearly has shown, and maybe it's a little harsh, but we can only go based off what we've seen, right? He doesn't doesn't really have he doesn't have the big moment in him where it seems like Zion absolutely does. Yeah, I mean, aside from that game winner that he hit against uh, UCF, oh, which was more was, luck than anything. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, listen, it was just the 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 freshman getting outdueled by a bunch of upperclassmen and. Honestly, I think Duke's season is a failure. I think when you get the top three recruits in the country, number literally number one, two, and three, and I think two other five stars with the way college basketball landscape is nowadays, I think anything below Final Four is a failure. Yeah, I was thinking about this a lot today, and I was interested to hear what you were what you were going to say and where you were coming from because, quite honestly, I've been torn. I mean. I think the final four was probably the line of demarcation. If they made it, I think it would have been a success. It's just college basketball now is so different with the one and dones. You're not building a team like those Michigan Fab Five teams or those Duke teams of the early nineties. You know, you're you have your run and then it's over and you got a brand new team. But I I don't know if it's a true I wouldn't use the word failure. But I think it's a disappointment because of That's a for the reasons word. that you I said. I agree with that. That's a better I think word. A fa- I think a failure is strong. I think it would have been a failure if they were knocked out. You know, if if UCF beat them, that's a failure. I think even if if they lost to Va Tech, which they also should have done, I know Will was probably losing it that night. Uh, you know, that would have been a failure. But losing in the Elite Eight to a Michigan State team with Tom Izzo the greatest head coach of all time now, of course, um, you know, running that team. I think that, I think it's a disappointment, but you know, teams like this, man, we've seen historically, there's not a lot of one and done teams that, that win it all. It just, it doesn't happen. The youth is eventually going to show up at some point. And, and that's what happened with Duke. I mean, Zion, the cool thing was we, we saw Zion is, He's even better than I thought he was heading into the tournament. I didn't think he could get much better, but the the moment never seemed too big for him. Barrett came up a little bit small. Reddish was kind of an afterthought, but they don't have a lot of depth on this team. It's the three stars, and that's basically it. And, you know, they're still learning how to play the game of basketball together. These guys have all been the best player on their team for their entire lives. And now, you know, they got to share the spotlight and, I can't say that they got – I think it would have been – you could even maybe say failure if they lost by, you know, 20. They lost by one point. So uh, it's it's hard to say failure to me. Yeah, I'm more in agreement with you now. I think disappointment is a much better word. But we do have an interesting Final Four to, to look forward to. Um, we have UVA against Auburn, and we have Michigan State against Texas Tech. So that that's a – not – I don't know if anybody predicted that. Probably not too many people, but it's going to be an interesting one. That's for sure. It's cool to see Culver get in with Texas Tech. Um, you know, that's a team that is really, really special. They're they're super good. They're long. They're athletic. They're defensively very talented. And we saw the way that they played. I mean, look at what they did to Michigan. That was pretty wild. Um, but you're going to see a top five pick in Culver be be playing on the big stage so that's fun um and obviously michigan state 
you know, they're, they're riding the momentum. We'll see if they can get to the championship game. I'm more intrigued, though, to be honest with you, about this Auburn-UVA game because Auburn's a five seed, and we know that they're not really a five seed because when they've played their best, they have been one of the best teams in the country, and, and we both agreed with it. You were ready. You were willing to take them a little bit further than I was in this tournament, but we were singing their praises early in the year. They had some really disappointing losses. And then they played really hot come SEC tournament time. I don't really consider them a five seed, although that's where they are. And then Virginia, they've seemed to slay the dragon, and and that game against Purdue was epic. So now they're in the final four. I, I'm I'm so intrigued about this game. Where do you see it going? I mean, obviously, I'm going to take Auburn over UVA. I just think their athleticism, the way UVA plays defense, I don't think they can keep up with these guys. They really only have one good athlete on the team, and that's uh, Hunter, who's going to be a, probably a top 10 pick in the league next year. But unless Kyle Guy and um, the other guy, what the hell is his name, the white guy with the beard, can get hot, um, I don't think they have a shot against Auburn. They're going to run up and down on them. And then as for the other game, I think – Texas Tech is a really good athletic team, and I think they're going to play really good defense against Michigan State. I think this one probably comes down to coaching, and I think Michigan State, unfortunately for us, ends up in the in the championship game, so it's going to be Auburn-Michigan State. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll with UVA. I think that I think their defense can slow down that onslaught of Auburn because when Dude, you know Auburn, I got my finger on the pulse of college basketball. You should just go with my calls. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm not going to do it. Because, listen, if Auburn misses a couple shots and their tempo gets slowed down, which is what Virginia wants to do, I mean, you could make this argument for both sides. If Auburn gets hot and they run, yeah, Virginia's not catching them. But if they miss and they have one of those games where they – get cold from three early and Virginia is able to solidify the tempo and play that half court style of basketball, which Bruce Pearl does not want to play. You're now looking at a situation where Virginia is in the driver's seat. As far as the second game is concerned, I, I am in complete agreement with you. So, okay. If you want to have your finger on the pulse of college basketball, I'll agree with you. I'm taking Michigan State in this game. I think Texas Tech is going to give them a run for their money, but I think we're going to – I think, in my opinion, it's going to be a Virginia-Michigan State matchup. Um, either way, man, regardless of the scenario that plays out in these two games, whatever matchup – and I know we say it every year, but there's some years where, you know, it's just like, uh, this, this team's going to run away with it or I don't see this matchup working out. I think regardless of who plays in this game, we're set up for a classic in in the championship game because this whole tournament's been a classic. That was one of the best Elite Eights I've ever seen. Every game was right down to the wire with a couple overtimes. Yeah, that Purdue-Virginia game with Guy and um, Carson Edwards going back and forth was one for the ages. I think he had like 43 points, Edwards. 41 did. points. And unreal. And I think, you know, I, I know he's undersized, but with his handle and his quickness, there's got to be a place for him, at least in the G League. I mean, with well, that I, range as well? Well, I think his stock just went up big time. And now we're going to see some team might just might have to bite on him in the second round or something because I don't know how you look at a guy like that and the performance he put up on that stage and say, yeah, he doesn't have a future. I, I, think, I think he could at least start off in the G League or do something because 
wow, what a performance he put on. That was that game was epic. Yeah, that was the most fun I've had watching college basketball in a long time. And that Duke Michigan State game, man. I mean, just every single. I mean, the the intensity level in these games was just. It really was remarkable, and, and it carried over from a Sweet 16 that was very impressive and, and a lot of fun as well. I think this has been one of the best tournaments that we've seen simply because there isn't a dominant team. You know, everybody thought the most dominant team was Duke, and probably so just because of Zion and the athleticism. But we see for sure, even with three projected top, you know, what, eight picks in the tournament, that doesn't always play. Yeah, so, tournament got off to a slow start with the 64 and then the round of 32, but it definitely heated up after that, so I have no complaints. No, me neither. This has been madness, and uh, I can't wait to see how it plays out next Saturday. And then next week we'll get Will on the horn and, and talk about our brackets. Uh, obviously, um, you know, right now, I don't. Uh, none of us have our championship champion in, right? I don't believe so. Which I know you fine. and I are both don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. But we'll, we'll stack it all up and, and see who was most right. It'll, it'll all be fun to do. Let's go over to the NBA, though, where the playoffs are about set. We've got, I think it's nine days. We're looking at about a week from Wednesday, I believe, is the final day of the regular season. And playoff positioning is in full force in both conferences. There's a, Especially in the East from – Seeds six through eight. I mean, it's really just a dogfight right now. The Nets are doing everything they can to to keep it up, but I mean, they won a big game against Boston on Saturday, but they're they're down right now to Milwaukee at the half, and they have by far the toughest remaining schedule. This is a this is set up, man, for such a fun end of the regular season, which I think is what everybody wants to see, especially since now we're resigned to the fact that we will not have a postseason with LeBron James and. I think that's going to hurt the NBA, so they need to cultivate some storylines with some new teams and um, and some and some new storylines. What do you think? Yeah, man, for sure. The most interesting thing I take away from it is not at not the Eastern Conference, but how the Thunder have fallen from early on in the year being a four seed to now. I mean, they're just lucky that nobody's nipping at their heels to steal that eighth seed playoff spot. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're they're going to fall from four to eight. That's just crazy. Yeah, this is an this is a full on free fall, and I, I'm 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 pretty astonished because you you were looking at the way that they were playing, and it really seemed that they had figured things out. And I know he's back now, but Paul George's injury, I mean, that really set them back, and it just shows that you know Westbrook is not equipped to be the guy at all. I think he knows that at this point. He just needs to do a little bit more because he knows George isn't healthy. Yeah, and they got to work him back into being about as strong as he can be in the next week or so because this guy is just—he's way too important. And I mean, he was playing like an MVP candidate, you know, before Harden and and Giannis just took over around January there. But I mean, George was easily an MVP candidate the way he was playing up until really what? When did this free fall begin? About a month ago, three weeks ago? Right about when he got hurt, probably a month and a week ago. Yeah, so it, it's just been a plummet since then, and I, I don't know. I don't know really what they're expected to do come playoff time now. If they're especially if they're the eighth seed, I think that's a quick exit from Golden State. I know there's that fun storyline. Then Oklahoma City has given them some trouble, but not with the way they're playing now. No, not at all. That's a five game. That's a five gamer, possibly a sweep. 
Yeah, I, I would I would probably say so. They they're just listen, those teams that go that come into the playoffs struggling, you know, they're just not equipped to for a long stay. Um, how about over in the east? Where are you looking? How are your magic doing? My magic are a half game out from the uh from the eighth spot. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I'd like to see Dwayne Wade have one last ride in the playoffs, but again, I'm not going to be a fraud. I picked the Magic, so you know I'm rooting for them. Oh, I know you're rooting for them. I'm just saying, where do you see where do you see it going? I mean, dude, it literally changes every day with these teams. Like, it, it, it's amazing how the Nets, Pistons, and then you've got the Heat and the Magic, how tangled up these teams are and they and they none of them have really taken complete advantage of the situation they've been in i mean the nets the games that they should win they haven't won um forcing them to have to beat a team like boston beat a team like milwaukee which i know boston has their struggles but i'm still never going to say that's an easy win you look at miami they've seemed to cough up a lot of opportunities and how is detroit not taking over the six seed right now i mean they've had some horrific losses as of late well, as currently constituted, Detroit is the sixth seed, but they no, but they tied. should take they should have that taken advantage of right now, man. They should they should be up on the sixth seed by a couple games. Yeah, man. I mean, the I think it's pretty much shaped out. I don't think the Magic are gonna make it. They're just losing stupid games of recently, especially one the bad one to Detroit. Um, but I think the playoff is pretty much currently constituted. I think that's it's gonna be what it is. I can't wait to do a full NBA playoff pod, dude. It's going to be fun because I think we're set up for a really good postseason despite the fact that we're not getting the Lakers and we're not getting LeBron for the first time since I think it was the 2006 season that, that LeBron hasn't been in the playoffs. Yep, that's crazy. It, it, it's it's unbelievable, man. It really years, is unbelievable. Man. Shit. Uh, yeah, and that's 2006. Hurt the NBA. I was in sixth grade. Wow! And yep. look how far you've come. Yeah, man, doing a podcast. Thanks, for LeBron. Free. That's right. CEO Thanks, LeBron, of a free keep... podcast website. Goddamn right! Goddamn <laughs> right! Thanks, LeBron, for keeping. Don't us, forget uh, it. Everything in perspective. All right. Did you hear the news about KP? I know you did because I got a text from you. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I think you were a little saucy when I texted you that at a wedding. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, this one, my none of my sources hit me up on this one. I guess it was a known thing, but this one kind of came out of left field the CEO for me. has sources? Yeah, I, I didn't hear from Frank Isola, anybody, and I, usually I'm getting a text. But, you know, I... I couldn't believe this one. I mean, listen, he's made some silly decisions in the media and whatnot. Didn't know he was this type of guy. Don't know even know if it's true. Nothing's really come out about it um, in terms of validity, but it's, nonetheless, it's still a really bad look and not a not a good thing. Did this happen when he was under contract with the Knicks, or did this happen when after the trade? So it I read up a little like, bit. No, like it happened around his ACL rehab. Yes, like, it actually it. happened. Um, I believe it happened like the day after he tore his ACL or yeah, something like that. Yeah, here it is. It's the day. It's the day. The day of the ACL. I mean, whatever day it was, it's it's fucking terrible. If this is the truth, but Jesus, that's. I'm telling you what, man. If you're looking at KP right now. You're talk, we're talking jail time here if he gets, you know, found guilty, convicted, all that good stuff. 
all that good stuff. No, all it's, that bad stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's 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 a scary situation for this guy. And the Knicks, you texted me and you said, "Do you think the Knicks knew about this?" No, of course not. Don't try to give them credit. But I think it's a really good move that they got rid of him. If any of this actually comes out to be true, because could you imagine with the circus in New York? how everything would be handled if they, if their marquee player and attraction who was supposed to be one of the pillars of adding a top free agent was convicted of rape. (laughs) That would be not good. You couldn't go any further down from that. And we've said that a couple of times about situations with the Knicks. Sometimes you're better lucky than good, I guess. It sounds like that's the case. So, that's all on the NBA front. We're going to transition over to baseball. We're going to talk we more so- about the uh, KP thing. Not to cut you off there, but I am CEO. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk more about the KP thing when when some facts come out and we can really oh, del- sure. we can really delve into it. Right now, it's just allegations. Yeah, and, spe- and speculating isn't good for anybody. No, not at all. If true, if true, bad guy, out. he's terrible. He's a terrible human being and should be locked up. But we don't know that that's true. Totally agree. Totally agree. So. Now that you did cut me off, let's actually do the segue over to baseball. So the first week of weekend of the season is complete, and there's a lot of storylines right now. Let's start off with the Yanks, and then we'll transition over to the rest of the league and get our thoughts on what's been going on. Can anybody well, stay and, healthy on this goddamn team? Uh, no. Uh, Ten people, once he finishes serving his suspension, will be on the uh, new injured list. Remember, it's not the DL anymore. It's the IL. So... Within the matter of today, John Carlos Stanton goes on the IL, shut down for 10 days with a uh, strained right-left biceps uh, that he said he suffered swinging uh, yesterday in that loss to the Orioles. And then Miguel Andujar, right before the team takes batting practice today, gets placed on the IL after jamming his shoulder, running back to third base in that loss yesterday to the Orioles. So... Right now, your staff ace in Severino, out. Your starting center fielder, Aaron Hicks, out. Still hasn't resumed baseball activities. Your star-designated hitter slash outfielder, John Carlos Stanton, former MVP, out. Your runner-up in the Rookie of the Year, third baseman, out. Dellen Batances, one of the best relievers in baseball, out. CC Sabathia, one of your starters in your rotation, out. Yeah, this isn't really going according to plan, and they lost two of three to basically a minor league team. And this trend has continued since last year, Tom. This team can't beat the fucking Orioles. And it's really concerning because I'm not going to say it was the main reason it cost them the division last year, but it was a reason it cost them the division last year. I'm calling for Aaron Boone's head. How is this Aaron Boone's fault? It's something. It's got to be something. Well, they just won. But, yes, but I will say this, man. Breaking news, Yankees have... just won against the Tigers. Three to one. All right, good. We're good. Two and two on the season. It would be nice if Gary Sanchez could throw somebody out. And it would also be nice if this team could just get a hit with runners in scoring position. One would have won both games. And that's not Aaron Boone's fault. This team has, and it's been a concern, 
has struggled over the last couple years situationally hitting. Going back to the 2017 season, all the way through last year and this year, I like LeMayhew. I think he helps a lot. He puts the bat on the ball, and he had a couple really good at-bats this weekend. But this team strikes out a lot. Their approach is poor. It looks like they're all trying to go deep instead of moving guys over or just getting base hits. And against a team like the Orioles, who have nothing to lose and are going to probably lose, you know, a hundred something, one hundred and fifteen games this year, you can't you can't continue to play that stiff. You just can't. You can't lose games like that to the Orioles. And and the Orioles are spunky. They're they're. You know, obviously they don't know any better and they're playing a bunch of guys and they're stealing a bunch of bases. They're playing baseball the way a lot of teams aren't playing now. But you got to be better than that. You cannot lose two of three to the Baltimore Orioles. This is like last year when they lost that set three out of four in April and it kind of set the tone for what they were going to be against, you know, average to poor teams. It seems like they play up to competition, which is generally a good thing. But that down to competition costs you a lot of games in the standings, and I don't like how I don't like how this continues to roll over into this year. Well, that's my point about Boone is he's got to rally the troops or whatever you know term you want to use for these games that they think they're just going to run out there in the field and, and win, and that's just not the case. I got the sense of that on Saturday. They kind of came out flat, which was weird because Paxton was. If you want to look for a silver lining from this first series, he was Paxton looked, he was great. He was great. And it seems like they just kind of came out flat despite how good he looked. But yesterday, it wasn't to me like they were flat. They just couldn't, they couldn't get a hit with guys on base. And that's not Aaron Boone's fault. I, the approach with these hitters, and I know some of them are home run guys, but, you know, Aaron Judge striking out a couple times with runners in scoring position. Sanchez not moving guys over. Obviously, Bird not doing anything. It's up on down the line, and it became it becomes contagious. And when everybody's trying to hit the grand slam, you're not you're, you're going to strike out or hit a lazy pop-up. And here we are, again, losing a series to the Baltimore Orioles where you just can't afford to have that happen if you're a great team. You can't. The Red Sox won. 18 games or 17 games against the Orioles last year. The Yankees, I think, went 12 and seven, but started six and six against them, and that's that's a lot of games in the standings, my man. Yeah, you got to beat up on these teams in your division. It's it's just a must. The lower end of this division, like your Toronto's and and Tampa Bay's gonna Tampa Bay's gonna give you a hard time. So you gotta win the game. Well, Tampa games. Bay, I think, is a legitimately good team. I don't put them in that category. I no, I don't Baltimore at all either. But I would put Toronto and obviously Baltimore in that category of if you're not winning ninety percent of the games against them, then you're not doing your job. Totally agree, and I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation. And you look at teams, you know, like the Red Sox last year; they feasted on bad teams, and it was. Uh, they they didn't even they didn't even seem like they needed to try and they won those games and I think that's a testament to the to the managing and I also believe that they have a lot of guys that are just better at situational hitting and clutch hitting than the Yankees do 
uh, obviously we're overreacting to now four games into the season, but I think it's fair because this is a trend that happened last year. This is not an isolated situation. Guess what we did last year when Giancarlo Stanton struck out four times or whatever in the first game? We overreacted, and we were yeah, right. Yeah, but you, you can only go based off of what's happened so Exactly. Far. We were, we were say, right. I don't want this year to be the same as last year. We're, we're a better team than the Red Sox on paper. They should be winning more games. And our depth, the Yankees' depth, too, I have to say, it's being tested, but you watch games like today. And they definitely have a better, they're in a better situation to handle all of these injuries than they were last year. You know, DJ LeMahieu is a legitimately good major league player. Former All-Star, former batting champion, three-time gold glover. He's now playing every day. Troy Tulowitzki is going to get a lot more playing time. You know, for everything we've talked about with him, he's a former all-star trying to prove himself. They need him for the till really the second half of the season. You're getting both Bird and Voight. They've both shown flashes. They've both struggled. They're at least both going to be able to play. So you have two first basemen. One of them slides over the DH role. Gardner plays center field in the absence of Hicks. Gardner's a legitimate player. In the pitching front, you see a guy like Herman, who has legitimately good stuff, picked up the win tonight. The bullpen's loaded. I think that their depth is is pretty good, and I think you know we no longer have to see Shane Robinson starting important games in right field, which is which is a very important thing because I wasn't a fan you're not of that win last a lot of year. Games there. Yeah, you're not going to win. Clint not. Frazier, Clint Frazier's up, so he's going to play. That. Yep, so he's going to play. Zellsbury playing? He's back, field. right? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I think he's I think he's serving uh, Cracker Jacks in the, in the stands. Um, so that's on the Yankee front. Mets had a nice weekend. They they took the series from the Nationals. Cano hit a home run on opening day. DeGrom, please nobody say, oh, did he validate his contract extension? DeGrom's fantastic. We know that. Still didn't have to give him the extension. He's picking up where he left off with the Cy Young performance. And over continuing in the NL East, I don't know if you saw this in the, you know, Awful Yankee outfield right now. But Bryce Harper went deep twice this weekend. He would have looked nice in pinstripes. Well, he's wearing the red pinstripes. Do you think he looks good in those? No, he would have looked good in the real pinstripes. Totally agree. And obviously that's just being spoiled. And looking at the at hindsight, how every basically every Yankee outfielder is hurt. But Harper has looked very good. And after getting booed for striking out a couple times, just like the Yankee fans did to Stan. Turns around and hits a couple bombs, wins the Sunday night game against the Braves in a chippy game that was fun to watch. And uh, the Phillies look for real, man. They really do. Um, don't know if you saw, but Boston got rocked out in Seattle. Chris Sale. No starting pitching, man. If your two None. aces, if your two aces don't do well, and your secondary ace in Porcello doesn't pitch well, you're done. Well, if you want to play overreaction, obviously, you know, the DeGrom contract extension looks fine and great because of the performance he had on opening day. Boy, that Red Sox extension that they gave Sale, the five-year one, which still makes me scratch my head just simply because of the injury concerns, as we talked about last week. God, he got hammered by a Mariner team. He'll be fine for the first two. It was just one game. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but it, it it certainly gives you pause for concern because he got lit up, and that was a really, really bad game for him. The rest of their aces, and, and you know, their starting pitching I think is going to be okay, 
But if their starting pitching isn't to mix with that bullpen that just still doesn't have the closer and they don't know who their guy is going to be, the Red Sox could be in a lot of trouble. They're going to score their runs and they're going to outslug teams. But if sales even, you know, 75% of what sale is and Porcello is not great and Evaldi who struggled has to face any injuries concerns or if all of that workload that he took on last year seems to be weighing on him. This is a team that you can see them really, really fall off. I'm not willing to say that yet. I think there's still too much talent on this team, but there's a lot of questions for concern in that, in that rotation and in that bullpen, which we obviously knew. Be nice if they fell off though. Of course it would be. Seattle, Seattle looks, I mean, some of these teams, man, like the Orioles and the Mariners and some of these bad teams, they look pretty good because I think that their new managers, you know, they have, they both have new managers. They're both teams that are not expected to be good and have been kind of, have been fire sailing as of the last year and a half. There's young players who have to prove themselves to be good. And there's some veterans that came over in deals that have to prove they can still play so they can get added to a team come the trade deadline, a, a contending team that is. I mean, did you see the weekend Jay Bruce had? Oh, I mean, yeah, he's hot. Runs. <laughs> it's, it was crazy. And he was the throw-in that the Mets had to give the Mariners to complete that Edwin Diaz and Robbie Cano deal. So, um, very interesting to see both the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, I guess they can look forward to watching the Orioles win the division this year, right? Stop it, dude. Stop <laughs> it. I will not be happy. Oh, my God. That's all I got uh, right now. This is all we I got. We don't have to worry about that. Any other storylines catching your eye from the weekend? Uh, um, just watching the Christian Brewers. Christian Yelich is Yelich is playing MVP. great. Goldschmidt on his new in his new Cardinals uniform had three bombs in a game. That was a lot of fun to watch. The only thing that makes I've been watching a lot of the Brewers for some reason. I don't know if they've been on MLB Network a lot, but why are you playing Mustakis at second and Travis Shaw at third and flip flopping them? Travis Shaw played second almost all year last year. Leave him at second. He's guaranteed more comfortable than Mustakis at second, who's been a career third baseman. Why are you doing that? I mean, I guess the their manager um, Craig Council can do no wrong after last year, but I mean those those kind of moves make me scratch my head. Like I get it if you have a Ben Zobris type or a Lemayhew type, but that's not Mike Mustakis in my opinion. It's not, and there was talks in the spring that they were going to do this, and to me it just doesn't make any sense. That's almost being like Joe Madden too smart for your own good or can't leave things alone because Shaw is a very solid third or second baseman, and Mustagas is not just a great third baseman. He's a gold multiple-time gold glove winner at third base, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but like you said, he can do no wrong right now. I mean, that team – was a game away from the World Series last year, and they're picking right up where they left off last year. That was a fun series with the Cardinals, though. I I, I think that NL Central, when we finish up our preview, we're going to see that NL Central is it's a dogfight, man. Yeah, that's, gonna be, that's of... the best division in baseball, in my opinion. Aside from the obviously, you got the AL East with the Yanks and Sox and the Rays mixed in there, but I think just as far I think as the really NL play, Central's better. And you know, speaking of another team that. Um, was poised to have a down year this year and you brought up Joe Madden the Cubs I know it was in Texas and they in Texas has as you like to call it a band box of a, a stadium out there but they had quite the power surge this weekend and they looked great the Cubbies out there yeah man they really did and, and 
I think that they have a lot to prove because if you want to look at a team like last year, like they were last year, they really underachieved. I was saying during our spring training talk that I don't think that they're going to be as great this year. And their pitching still scares the hell out of me. I think they'll score some runs. But hitting, they were in some ways remind me a lot of the Yankees in the sense that they can put up a ton of runs and score with anybody. But their problem last year down the stretch was situational hitting. And they haven't had much roster turnover. So how is that getting fixed? I suppose is my question is, yeah, it's easy to beat up on a terrible Texas pitching staff. That's fine. Most good teams can do that. But how are they going to respond when they're facing second and third one out in Milwaukee in a tight game in August? You know, that that to me is going to be where whether I know if if the Cubbies are, are poised to make a run or if they're just, you know, starting to finally acquiesce that division after a few years and, and hand it over either a back to the Cardinals or, or continue to keep it to the, to the Brewers. Yeah. It, that's the best division in baseball because the D backs took a step back as well as the Rockies. So I think I th- in my opinion, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that in the preview. Yeah, but... no, the NL West is the Dodgers division to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think everybody knows that, but yeah, that NL central is great. Yelich is incredible. Um, I think that's pretty much all we have, my man. You excited for the Masters? I think that's next week. No, I know, but I'm just I'm asking if you're excited for it coming up. I know the Masters uh ends the same same day Game of Thrones starts. I don't know if you're a big Game of Thrones guy, but I care less. I've never seen an episode. I don't watch. Um, me neither. I I think then you and I are probably the only two people doing a podcast. I'll right put it now to you this way: Game of Thrones fans. I'll put it to you this way: If I want to watch a porno, I'll watch a porno. Yeah, and I don't even have to stick with the dragons and all the and all the politics and all that stuff. That's exactly. what to me has never interested me. I, I don't I don't get it. I understand. I, I think I'll give it a when, chance when it's over. But I'm when I'm into talk about it. It's like you can't miss it, and you should be shot if you don't watch it. Yeah, right. Just relax oh my god. And enjoy it yourself. Oh my god. You don't watch Thrones. You didn't read the books. Get the fuck off my back, would you? <laughs> I watch no, Billions. I love Billions. Too busy watching sports. Too busy watching other shows. Not into it. Never got into it. So, as for your question about the Masters, I will be much more inclined to watch Saturday and Sunday of the Masters than I will be to tune in for a second of Game of Thrones. And anybody listening that's afraid, that's upset about us not watching Game of Thrones, don't worry about it. You're listening to us for sports, not for Game of Thrones commentary. But when the sports do slow down after March Madness is over, NBA's, you know, and that after that, uh, after the playoffs, we're gonna be talking some pop culture. We already gave you a preview when we talked about um, what the hell? What the hell do we talk about? The player wives or whatever? The uh, power couples? That's it. <laughs> the player Shit, wives. I couldn't get around to that. You know. Listen, we can talk. Anything we want, but we're not going to talk Game of Thrones. So if you want Hell that, no. you're going to have you're going to have to go somewhere else. We do have a uh, we have another podcast coming out that we forgot to announce. I'll say it as CEO. It's called Thrones Porn. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Wait. So it's just talking about Thrones, talking about you know all the uh, all the scenes in it that are that are that interest us, and I think we're just going to have to assign two uh, two guys to do that. All right, I'm on it. All right, man. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Everybody, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the MLB preview coming up. And, we'll uh, be out here soon. And as always, uh, check out the website, sorrysports.com.
Yep. And uh, everybody enjoy. Hopefully, the Yankees turn it around a little bit. We'll see. And enjoy the final four, guys. That's right. Take care.